This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief. And the topic of today's program is going green at the office and environmental responsibility at the office. And with me today to discuss that topic is Yalmaz Siddiqui, who is the Environmental Strategy Advisor at Office Depot. Yalmaz, welcome to the program. Hello, Sean. Thank you very much for having me on your program. Well, it's, it's our pleasure. And, uh, you know, Office Depot, uh, 21-year-old company, I guess you were founded in, in 1986, and I understand you guys are doing $15 billion, <laughs> that's billion, not million, in annual sales. Um, certainly, I think, a brand that everyone is very familiar with. Um, we, we have one in our town, and I, I see them in, in most major uh, cities in the country. And, you know, the, there's this impact that larger companies like Office Depot have with the, just the sheer volume that's going on. And so it's, it's good to hear about companies like yours that are doing things in environmental responsibility. And I think what our listeners today want to hear a little bit about is um, talking about what, what are the best practices that Office Depot has run across in terms of being environmentally sustainable at the office, and then also what programs have you guys implemented. So why don't we just start there? Sure. Well, I think the environment, as, you, as you're stating, has become a really hot topic recently. And so we're getting the same question from a lot of people um, in terms of you know, what Office Depot is doing and how we can help others go green. We've been going green for a number of years. Um, we have what we believe is a very holistic strategy when it comes to environmental sustainability. So we cover uh, all aspects of our operations from suppliers to um, our own operations to our, to our customers, but we don't necessarily take a hard-line position in terms of uh, achieving it ourselves or asking you know, customers or suppliers to, 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 in terms of their going green. We don't say when you are choosing to go green, you need to go completely green. You can you know, take small steps on your way. Shades of green, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Shades of green, and also rethinking maybe some of your, some of um, the historic notions about what green is. And you know, many people think, for example, that green is more expensive, or that recycled products don't deliver the same quality. Um, but but things have really changed over the last number of years, and you can get you can get really good quality very inexpensive green options for really the whole of your office now. And Office Depot is trying to do uh, a lot to both educate and um, uh, educate the, the marketplace and bring, bring those uh, products to market. Can you tell us a little bit about the educational programs since you mentioned that? Um, so if you look on our uh, website that we recently launched, www.officedepot.com forward slash buy green, there's an entire section on um, a guide to buying green for your office. Um, within that, we've not only said, you know, this is what we believe um, are the attributes that makes a product green, and we've uh, 
categorized uh, the products in our assortment that meet those attributes. So whereas Office Depot has, say, 35,000 or so products on, on our, our websites overall, we've taken uh, 4,000 or so with environmental attributes, explained those environmental attributes on a buying guide, and put them on a storefront dedicated to buying green. I see. So, so it's, it's, is it iconized? Uh, on the site so that what, when you're shopping online, you can actually see, you know, the degrees of greenness, as it were, of the products or what the environmental considerations are with various products? Well, you'll, know, you'll learn the attributes, um, what, what the attribute is that makes that product green and why it's been selected. We're not uh, at the stage where we've actually iconized and put shading on, on all the products yet, but we have a, a green book catalog and we've had one for the last um, last three years or four years now. Actually, 2003 was our first green book, and in the in the next green book in November, uh, we'll, we will actually be using icons. It's interesting that you asked. We'll be using icons to explain uh, the exact environmental attribute of that product. Okay. Yeah, because we had had one other guest on the on the program who was involved in an e-commerce site that dealt with green office supplies. They were they were sort of dedicated to that. And I knew that was a, a trend in the industry of sort of you know making it very visually uh, obvious to to people what the environmental. Uh, sustainability of a product was and what the issues are and sort of, you know, making that very visually simple. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is important we recognize that, and particularly since there's a historic notion that green is just recycled, for example, uh, and um, the reality is there's a whole range of attributes that can make a product green or not, so recycled being one, and within recycled, those shades of green, you can go from 10%, which meets the U.S. Green Building Council standard for green, to 100%, which meets the, the standards that some uh, individuals or organizations may have. But then there's remanufactured products, refillable pens, rechargeable batteries, rewritable CDs, um, products that reduce energy. Solar-powered calculators. People don't think of solar-powered calculators as, as green, but they're environmentally preferable because you're not drawing energy. Right, the solar-generated, solar-powered calculator. Yeah, yeah. Or, and we just, we just actually launched, uh, if, you, if your listeners want to go to officedepot.com forward slash buy green, we just launched a solar-powered bag as well. So a bag that, that yes. stores power that can then uh, be used to charge your cell phones and iPods, and, and that's a very, very, very neat new product, yeah, that, is a cool um, product. that is environmentally preferable, but not necessarily because of its recycled content. Right. Well, exactly, yes. And so, so you, you know, I, and I point well taken that, that even products that involve new manufacture can ultimately have, a, you know, a, a green, as it were, aspect to them. Uh, yeah. Even though they're not necessarily being used, you know, created from recycled materials, so much the better if they're if they're both. But right, yeah, now, yeah. And in fact, the voltaic solar messenger bag that, that I just mentioned is both. It's a, not only solar; it's made of. Uh, it's not only solar powered, but it's made of recycled soda bottles. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that part of it. I, I had just seen a press release about that product recently. If I think we're talking about the same product, uh, it lets you you power also your your cell phone and various other devices, your iPod or what have you. Uh, that's right. Yeah. No, that's that's very it's cool. Neat. I have to get one of those. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, I like the uh, recycled as- aspect of it too. Um, cool. Well, now, so just you know, if we're sort of if we're walking around the store together virtually right now, 
um, you know, what are the other products that have the greatest impact? I would assume paper would be a big part of this. I mean, obviously, because, you know, paper being sourced from trees and that, and that being a not always, you know, a renewably or sustainably harvested resource. Um, right. What, what, can well, we talk about so paper? one of the things that Office Depot did um, a number of years ago was to add 10% post-consumer content to our least expensive paper. That's our red top paper. So if you go into our store and see this um, red paper, we're not we're not telling the world that it's a it's, it's a greener option, but it, it it is actually a product that meets this very inexpensive, very high quality, and it meets the U.S. Green Building Council standards for green, which is. 10% or more post-consumer recycled. That, that's, that, that I define as the just green paper option. Then um, there's the 35% uh, post-consumer um, recycled paper at Office Depot. Most recycled papers in the market tend to be 30% recycled, and Office Depot took a position to add uh, more percent, uh, five more percentage points um, in our EnviroCopy and uh, so that would be the light green option. And we recently launched a 100% post-consumer recycled content paper that's uh, also processed chlorine-free, which is, is the, the, you know, the most clean chlorine bleaching process. And um, the energy um, used to make that paper um, was calculated and then renewable energy purchased to offset the emissions. So that would be our dark green option that's not in the stores yet because we just launched it and we're really testing it online. So it is available on the Buy Green site and the, and the Office, Depot, Office Depot website. But we did actually have some experience last a number of years ago. We brought 100% post-consumer paper into the market and it really didn't sell well. People weren't ready for it. And so we're trying to validate whether people are ready for it now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is a question I've, I've had in the past as well about the post-consumer paper products. Um, are, are there a lot of limitations with those with regards to uh, destination destination usage, for example, with certain uh, can you only use that with certain types of laser printers and inkjet printers or none? Uh, are there restrictions there, or is that getting better? You know, because I know a lot of printers have very specific requirements in terms of the paper source. Yeah, that's a really interesting question because historically, recycled paper has been perceived as um, not being of sufficient quality to to be used in. Um, in you know high volume print jobs or heavily used printers or different printer types, what Office Depot has found is that we've had no problems with 35% post-consumer recycled content paper in in very very high volume operations. Okay. So uh, we are unique in the in the Office products marketplace to um, to to be using in terms of the fact that we use. 35% post-consumer recycled paper, our EnviroCopy paper, as the standard paper in all our design, print, and ship centers. Mm-hmm. So when when you go and get your get your copying done, uh, the default paper at Office Depot will be 35% post-consumer recycled. Similarly, across our entire corporate operations and uh, and field offices um, in North America, we use that same paper. So it is a it is a little bit of a myth. To say that um, maybe you can't you can't use recycled paper for for high volume printing. 
But, but um, I noticed that you mentioned you know, we've, that, oh, we've proven that with our own operation. Right. And I, but I noticed you mentioned that you know 35%, which is you know 25% above the US GBC benchmark or low benchmark that you mentioned for minimum of uh, what, what they consider green, I guess, uh, as it were. But is that is it a is it a dust factor? Is it that you know if you go 100%? Is it is it related to the the dustiness of the paper that um, that it becomes less tenable to put into maybe higher precision copiers and laser printers? Is that is that the factor that that sort of makes it that you know it gets more difficult at 100 towards 100%? Well, no. Uh, there are a number of magazines now um, that are printed on 100% post consumer um, recycled paper. We print our green book on 100% post-consumer recycled paper. Mm-hmm. And um, the the issue with uh, copy paper, 100% post-copy paper, is that it tends to be a, a little bit speckled. Um, the historic um, recycled papers were really quite gray, and there was very obvious uh, specks in the paper. And that that was a, perhaps a legitimate concern uh, in the past. Um, the newer papers and our 100% post-consumer recycled paper has, you know, we've quality tested it, and um, so it runs well. There are still a few minor impurities that cannot be technically removed at the stage in the marketplace, but there's no no issues otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's and it's interesting too that a lot of this has to do with you know it's really subjective. So it's like the old you know and just like fashion and things change. My, my hope and I think that the the actual the, the reality of it is that that. Um, you know what's in the eye of the consumer beholder, uh, as far as what looks good, is changing. Whereas maybe ten years ago it was bright white paper, perfectly crisp and, and everything. But now I know for myself, you know, that there's an uh, there's an association with green and you know good when I see recycled, you know, 100% post-consumer products uh, in you know paper products and you know brochures or catalogs or whatever it might be, a book that that those those hopefully over time as a society that's starting to change where we're actually starting to favor that more because. Also Ultimately, that's what it sounds like it really comes down to is our opinions. You're right about opinions, but I think the I think it's actually going to work the other way. Uh, that's my personal belief in that um, I don't think we're going to get um, – I think we're going to get more high-quality, high quality, high High recycled content products in the marketplace, um, where the main so the mainstream customer uh, chooses to chooses to buy. I'd say it's probably the green market is going to be driven less by the um, the edge, the edges, and more by the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I mean, it needs to, I guess, really, in order to have an impact, it needs to be driven by the mainstream, and and hopefully there's some adoption because you know, a, for as an example, the edges adopting 100%, re, you know, post-consumer material products versus the the masses embracing something that's 25%. At the 25% is more likely to do more good over time. So that's exactly right, and that's exactly the reason Office Depot made a decision to add 10% average post consumer in our least expensive least expensive product. That was actually a much bigger environmentally positive decision than having a hundred percent post consumer paper that sat on our shelves for a number of years, um, a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and it's like baby steps. I mean, hopefully we get everybody up to that bar and then we could turn it up because obviously, and it's, it's a similar thing with alternative fuels and, and what have you is, you know, a- any step is a good step to start with and then hopefully... Yeah, and, that, and that's a re- I think progress rather than perfection are really important in, in, the, in the green movement. I think historically there's been a real desire for perfection, but I think the new green movement is about progress 
progress and small steps yeah. rather than immediate jump or demand for perfection. Yeah, and I think that's realistic, and that's you know that's keeping it real. Um, yeah, yeah. So and not be, you know I'm not, not telling people they have to live a certain way, yeah. but hey, what about this? Think about this. You know, it, it's it's a more um, uh, relaxed approach and a more um, incremental, and I think ultimately more going to be a more successful approach um, to greeting the world. You, you catch more uh, flies with honey than vinegar, as they say. That's very good. So I'm curious about other environmental initiatives that, that you are involved with as the environmental strategy advisor at Office Depot. Can you tell us about some of the other things that are going on in your world right now? Absolutely. So we put um, Office Depot's environmental vision or strategy into a holistic uh, framework that we uh, encapsulate in the words increasingly buy green, be green, and sell green. So what does that mean? Buying green means that uh, I work a lot with the merchandise teams to uh, scope, scope out the marketplace and say, uh, here's innovative, here are innovative new products that haven't got a... Um, a wide audience yet, or wide market yet. So, for example, the solar-powered backpack, I introduced that to the merchandise teams, and now we've got this fairly small company exposed to millions every day on our website. So that's buying green for resale. Then um, we've done a lot of work in terms of understanding the chain of custody of our paper. So we have got a better understanding of where our paper comes from um, than uh, most of our competitors in terms of um, which forests, what certification standards, and um, we've got some paper that's uh, FSC certified, and a lot of, most of our paper right now is certified to uh, standards um, that the, the forest biologists of the world deem uh, very sound, and those are CSA, SFI, and PEFC standards. I'm not sure if you're familiar with these. I am not. But we, we work with a forest alliance with, uh, the, with NatureServe, Conservation International, and um, the Nature Conservancy mm-hmm. to help us better understand the sources of our fiber for our paper and make sure it's from well-managed forests. So that's something we've spent a lot of time and money on. We've got a $2.2 million alliance with these environmental organizations to do that. Um, under B Green, um, we, under B Green sits uh, reducing waste, reducing greenhouse gases um, from transportation, and reducing greenhouse gases. Now, from, we're talking from, about your internal operations at, at Office Depot. At this point, is that what you mean? Is that's right. That's, what, that's how we, under B Green, we'd put our own operations. And so we just put out a press release relatively recently where we disclosed that we've um, reduced absolute greenhouse gas emissions in North America by over 10% in one year mm-hmm. from 2005 to 2006. And we've saved about $6.2 million as well in the process. We did that by investing heavily uh, in energy-efficient lighting, um, energy management systems, um, so we can control the temperature uh, and lighting in, uh, in our stores across the country uh, and Canada, and energy-efficient um, HVAC, um, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So that was a really very significant initiative, and we haven't reduced our carbon um, footprint by just buying renewable energy, which we also bought, but we've actually reduced our absolute carbon uh, our absolute carbon emissions, which is which is really quite something really something quite um, excellent. I think uh, um, quite a quite a strong story. 
So I see it's a 10% reduction in 2005 to 2006. And do you you have goals for the future with regards to the reduction? We've got a continuous improvement goal. So when we say increasingly buy green, be green, and sell green, um, we recognize that uh, sometimes targets um, create limitations, perhaps, and we prefer to put a goal out to our, our the various functions that uh, that manage these areas, whether it's construction or transportation or uh, supply chain, to have a goal of continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. So sort of under-promise and over-deliver, hopefully, on the back end. Right. Yeah. So, Yalmas, tell me about what's the, the sell green portion of your green initiatives? Well, in many ways, there's no point in buying green products if there's no um, customer interest or customer awareness uh, about those uh, green products and also no interest. So we've taken it upon ourselves to really sell not only green products, but the idea of... um, of going green to our customer base. And we've done that in a couple of ways. Um, a number of years ago, we created a green book catalog um, that uh, you know, historically had, well, the, when our first version had 1,000 or so products. Our next version had about 2,000. The next version had nearly 2,500. And um, our next uh, version coming up in 2007 is going to have about 3,000 uh, environmentally preferable products. And this catalog is really dedicated to our contract customers, so our, our our customers who have you know greater than thirty employees, and it's it's a, a set of products and a whole series of tips and definitions. You know what is the definition between post of uh, post consumer recycle? What what does Energy Star mean? All of these things. So it's really the notion of of selling green products, but also selling the idea. Uh, we've also done that now for our online customers in that we have our officedepot.com forward slash buy green site, which again is more than just a storefront. It's a series of um, like a buying green guide and a set of FAQs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and all of that's available on the website there. Correct. Um, so I, I, one of the things that we like to do on each episode of this program is to provide our listeners with sort of takeaway tips, as it were, that they can go and put into practice in whatever the topic is. And obviously today we're talking about greening your work life and your office life. And we have a lot of small business people listening in, people who work in, in various size companies. Can you provide any tips of just sort of how to how to improve your environmental performance around the office? Absolutely. I think I'd... I'd step back one um, one stage, though, and ask why a particular customer or particular uh, individual wants to go green. And really, there, there, there could be three reasons. One could be to, to genuinely minimize environmental impact. Um, and if, if a company wants to do that, then they'd really think about first buying the greenest possible office products. So starting with their high-volume items like paper, um, filing uh, and toner cartridges, perhaps. Um, to minimize impact, the listener or the, cu- the company should also look at uh, being green by reducing office waste and increasing recycling. And then thirdly, um, thinking about uh, environmental impacts um, that related to greenhouse gas emissions. So do you need to order, order something, um, you know, one set of 12 pens, or, or can you order supplies in bulk? And can you also uh, encourage commuting um, in fuel-efficient vehicles? So those are the ideas or tips to minimize impact. To save money, 
you would think about buying products that uh, over the long run will will save you will save you money so for example uh, remanufactured ink and toner cartridges will they'll actually save you money immediately because you'll get a 10% savings mm-hmm. uh, on every cartridge um and uh, other other items such as refillables or rechargeables or rewritable items um over the long run you're going to save a lot of money because you're not you, you're not buying a disposable every week or month. Uh, and buying in bulk obviously also saves money uh, potentially because you're buying many items in one package, so you're saving on the packaging and um, you're probably not going back to the store you know, as frequently. Um, I'm also going to mention the notion of reducing electricity by buying smaller items, buying laptops and turning them, turning them off when not in use. That's, that's a really uh, simple one that... Uh, you know, there's still evidence of a lot of people uh, leaving their computers on overnight because they think it's bad for the computer to Just, turn it off. But yeah. that's not the case. There's a lot of proof, um, a lot of research being done to show that's not the case at all. And so you should be turning your computer off and, and if possible, unplugging it every night. Right, because there's a power drain that occurs. Even if the computer is off, there's still a drain. And that's why they have to put things on a service strip and turn off the whole strip. Kind of Correct. Thing, that's yeah. a really sensible, simple thing to do. And it's just a matter of changing a habit more than anything else. You've got phantom power that you're paying for overnight all the time. Why Why do you want to do that? So save money and be green at the same time. And lastly, you know, Office Depot is in the market to, to I mean, partly to sell products, obviously. But uh, we recognize that to save money, sometimes using less paper will help. And so doing double-sided printing and reducing the printing printing of unnecessary uh, items, that will save money and it will be less uh, less impactful on the on the environment. Right. So those are the so minimizing impact, save money. You could also look at it as, as uh, gaining publicity. So if you want to gain publicity, do things that your peers are not doing. And and educate educate um, in your packaging in your in your brochureware create a report that talks about what you're doing um, that is environmentally positive and, and put it out to the world collective consciousness yeah and it's true and so many things going back to what you said about being green and saving money is you know it's uh, a lot of people you know used to think hopefully they're getting it they're starting to get it that that a lot of things that end up being greener also end up uh, saving you money I mean it just makes sense I think it's a lot of sort of old traditional habits that we have that, that are just either lazy or just not thinking that when we change those habits uh, we end up having the economic value right alongside and there's that's nothing to feel guilty about there it's a double benefit so yeah I mean it, you should feel good about going green and and really maybe look at the filters you're applying to the notion of green if you're um, if you historically maybe not consider yourself a green person and and maybe maybe have those um, myths front and center that uh, Recycled paper is bad or doesn't work, and remanufacturing container cartridges are, are going to cause problems. Maybe try and take those filters off for a moment, and even just trial um, products that maybe you wouldn't have tried, and and use that trialing process to perhaps realize that uh, going green can be really good for business and good for the environment. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you said that because that that comes up quite a bit where sometimes people form opinions based on early experiences. Unfortunately, sometimes of the false starts of startups that might have happened 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, whether we're talking about non sulfite organic wines or we're talking about remanufactured toner cartridges, even if you had one bad experience with one product somewhere in the past, 
allow for the fact that things change, technologies improve. We get, companies get these things right because it's their business to do so, and it warrants re-looking at, particularly when there's such a potential huge uh, benefit to, uh, to you know, the, the planet as a result. Yeah, yeah, a simple change. Open the eyes. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the program with us today. We appreciate you being here and sharing the information. And uh, Yamas Siddiqui has been my guest. He is the Environmental Strategy Advisor for Office Depot at www.officedepot.com or in your local city. Yamas, thanks again. Thank you very much, Sean. Much appreciated. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.